This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Lots of things have changed over the last week. We've had Congress, the newsletter's been out, Barry, and that's done and dusted for 2021. It is, but hopefully it's going to happen early 2022. Hamilton have had to cancel their 10A Swiss pairs, which is a surprise to nobody, coming up this weekend. Still holding out hope, of course, for a Labour Weekend Congress. Now, we just did the quick look at the mass calculation and around about five to six weeks away, that Labour Weekend Congress and with Auckland being two weeks further in, in level four, that takes it, what, four weeks down and maybe two weeks level three, oh, it's going to be tight again. Well, it's seven weeks away and they're saying two more weeks of this for, for Auckland and then yep. five weeks to get from three to one. Yeah, maybe it's a bit of a... Yeah, it could be. They can hold it. There's going to be hundreds of bridge players that couldn't make it to Tauranga to play the National Congress. They're going to be they're going to be banging the door down to get in if we can run it. Off the top of your head, do you know how many big congresses there are being held over Labor Weekend? South Island would obviously have one somewhere or maybe two. Labor Weekend? I think there's only one other one and that's in the South Island. Right. Fingers crossed. On today's show, we've got our normal crew members, Judge Julie and Kermit, and we have a Zoom chat with the Chair, Alan Morris, and he's talking about Congress, the bridge calendar, and also we tap into the cheating. Now, we are going to play a segment of that conversation we had with Alan this morning. The full interview is 30 minutes long, will be posted on the New Zealand Bridge site, so we're only going to have a segment on the zone as be normal but listen to it it's very very enlightening but you'll be happy with it so for now Barry about BBO what do you think what do you do what was your question what do you think if you have a non-bridge playing spouse and you're playing all the time on BBO (laughs) is it just going to drive them crazy or what I was at the table with Anthony from Waikiki Island who I know is a lawnmower contractor I said, hi, how are you going? He goes, oh, looking forward for another two weeks of lockdown holiday. I was like, yeah, but those lawns keep growing. And he says, yeah, but not doing that, but he'll be swamped by the time lockdown's over. And I was like, yep. So you use this time as maintenance time? <laughs> He's like, yeah, nah, it's all about playing bridge. <laughs> hey, talking about swamped. Yep. Just imagine how wet the lawns are going to be out there after all that rain. <laughs> He's going to have grass coming out of his ears, I reckon. He will be. I do know my husband's not a, a bridge player. And when I'm playing every day at 7pm, he actually loves it because he gets to watch the Turbo Channel and I don't pester him with any questions and look at him with daggers as it's like, oh, not this rubbish again. So I know he likes it. I guess, yeah, maybe it's a good thing if your spouse gets a, a couple of hours of relief. 
There's no phoning for the remote from 7 o'clock to 9.30 in the Cullen household. Another big benefit of bridge. All right, so let's pop off and listen to our chats and we'll catch you again either on the live streaming on New Zealand Bridge that we're posting up or next week on the Bridgestone Show. Get your gumboots on, we're going down to the pond. Manamana. 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 What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Hi there. What tip have you got for us today, Kermit? Well, my tip today is one that was inspired by some excellent bidding on Mariana's part last night in the <laughs> Auckland Piers that we played my tip this morning is got 15 to 18 in a balanced hand with a stop and open a suit, then overcall one no trump. Time and time again, we see people start with a double on this kind of hand and it distorts the whole future option. Like all the no trump bids, it gets a whole lot of information off your chest at once and it's not the end of the auction. So your right-hand opponent opens one heart and your 15 to 18 balance with a stop in hearts, just bid one no trump. Now say you've got four spades. Partner can still ask you if you've got four spades by using stamen. The auction isn't over, but that one no trump overcall is a very descriptive bid. And that's what Mariana did last night. I was just going to say, what's the problem, Pam? Why can't we just double and then bid no trumps next time? Well, doubling and then bidding no trump shows an even bigger hand. So one heart, double, pass, two something, then two no trumps shows more than 15 to 18 ballots. That's the problem with starting with a double. Well, I'm with you now. I understand. So <laughs> out of four boards last night, Mariana found one good bid. Is that what you're saying? Oh, how mean. Hush it's your mouth, Mr. Jones. Where's your bloody hat? Stick it on your face. Actually, I have to say, Mariana played very well. She did the majority of the declarer play last night, and yep, she did all the hard work. You're <laughs> sitting there with your feet up with a cup of tea and a date scone. Although today, Barry, I've widened my scope. I ventured to past as new, and it's lemon muffins. Okay. Well done, you. Wish we were there, Mary. Okay, well, we're going to go off and talk to the judge, and we'll be back with Kermit shortly. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge. Morning. I've got an interesting question today, and it's come up a bit online, but it comes up in real life bridge as well. If their partner's opened the bidding and they've changed the suit and it's not forcing, like in other words, partners are allowed to pass that bid, does that require an alert? I know Patrick's a bit strict about alerts online, but I'm even face-to-face. What's the story? Yes, you don't have to alert a non-forcing bid if your partner is a past hand. So that's really simple because if they're a past hand, they can't have an opening hand and everyone knows that and therefore it can be a non-forcing bid. But when we get into competitive auctions in particular, if your partner makes a bid that is non-forcing, or if partner opens and you make a bid that is non-forcing a response, absolutely 100% alertable unless it is above three no trumps. 
Weak jump shifts are alertable. One of the more common ones, we actually, we played a Friday afternoon bridge a while ago, and there was a big discussion at the table when it went three diamond opener past their partner bid three spades, and it was passed out. And we set about the alert. In this case, the partner who bid the three spades absolutely thought it was forcing, but their partner didn't. So there was a big discussion about that. So to be really clear, you alert when you have a partnership understanding about this. If you think something's forcing and your partner didn't, clearly there's some issues going on there about what it does or doesn't mean. So if I opened three clubs and Barry bid three spades and I thought it was non-forcing and I thought that was our agreement, I would alert it every single time. So new suits are alertable if they're not forcing unless you're a past hand or it's above three no trump. I guess there's an issue, obviously, if one of you thinks it's forcing and the other one thinks it isn't. Once again, opponents are only entitled to know what our agreement is and that sounds a bit murky. Absolutely. But one of the things about agreements is that if you make a bid, in general, you'll make it on the premise that your partner understands what you are saying. Generally, the person that makes the bid thinks they know what the partnership agreement is. I had an interesting question the other day. One person opened one heart and there was a a two diamond over call and it went pass, pass back to the person who opened one heart and they made it take out double. Their partner had quite a good hand and very good diamonds, and lots of them, and two diamonds doubled went a lot light. Now, the people weren't happy particularly that we got doubled and said, that pass should be alerted when they've got all those points and all those diamonds. We couldn't know about that. What do you think about that, Julie? Well, I think pass says that unless partner does something, you're happy for your opponents to be in two diamonds for a variety of reasons, most commonly that you've got just absolute rubbish. But actually, every now and then, because you have a lot of diamonds, and that's just a normal pass. Your partner's not forced to reopen. If your pass told partner that they had to reopen with a double, your pass would be alertable. It would have a meaning where your partner couldn't pass it out. So one heart, two diamonds, pass, and I pass. If that said to my partner, you must bid, that would be alertable because that would be really unusual. But it doesn't say that at all. Absolutely not alertable. All of us hope partner can reopen with a double. Most of us have partners who don't. <laughs> Maybe they were feeling just a little bit hurt by all of the zeros. Just talking about chat messages on BBO, have you got any hard case ones or terrible <laughs> ones that you can recall? Well, today, my son oh. sent me a lovely text. He's, he's been telling me about, he has no sympathy for us up here, but today it got better. I hope the wall they are building on the Bombay Hills is watertight. <laughs> I said, Thank you for your concern. He tells me, keep going at this rate and people might start feeling sorry for Aucklanders. Whoever would have thought of such a thing? So he was one of my favourite sons out of the two of them, but I don't know. (laughs) Been to Wellington to see him. Yeah, I remember what happened then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We had to come straight back home again. And I am getting this. Being a mother is such a hard, hard thing. I'm not so sure that being Julie's son is a walk in the park either, Mariana. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've seen some pretty funny chats online. Last night I witnessed one, what's your problem, partner? And I thought, I don't know. (laughs) 
if that's a nice question or if that's a pointed question. There are some pretty epic things on Bridge Base where people clearly aren't thinking, either because they've been sitting there with a glass of wine in their hand, or as we said on the video yesterday, you can say things to the screen that you would never, ever say. So maybe every now and then it carries over a little bit. Make sure you've got the mic off when that happens. I'll give you a good story for that. When Patrick and I used to practice online years ago, when we were possibly a bit more of a volatile partnership than we are now, though that would be hard to believe. So we used to put $10 on the stairwell so that the first person to talk about a hand lost the $10. And it's actually really, really interesting about who you think starts these conversations and who actually starts these conversations. Just go get the money anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I won. I take that. You started it. How much money did you make out of this, Julie? I'm not commenting on who won or lost the money here. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, shame <laughs> on you. Go put it out there if you can't finish it, eh, Barry? I will tell you really comfortably that my general advice to people that have bets with Patrick is don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can recall that time where you were playing for the Auckland Interprovincial Women's Team and I had that big bet on with Patrick. I came up with it pretty well. What was the bet about? I think you were on the women's team, weren't you, Julie? You were playing yeah. in the women's team, and Patrick and I, I bet on the Waikato Bays women's team, and Patrick bet on the Auckland women's team. But as with Patrick, it wasn't a simple bet. It was, I don't know, per <laughs> bet. It started adding up. Waikato Bays kept on winning, and Auckland didn't. And when they got to the end of the round, Robin Patrick owed me quite a lot of money. He still wouldn't give up. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most profitable congresses I've ever had. Very good. Well, I happened to win a scone off Nigella last night. He was playing online. What were the two scores? I came out on top, but that was after the second attempt. So Judge Julie, probably one of the rulings that you should make it clear is that if people are going to bet that they should get the rules out first. So we had a bet the first night. I said, yep, yep, I won that. He goes, no, 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 you've got to play in the same tournament. I was like, oh, okay, so new rules. So last night we played in the same tournament. I haven't heard from him this morning, but it was just about percentages. I won, but he'll find something to throw in the towel with. Julie will confirm that when you have a bet with Patrick, there is never any problem with having all the rules laid out. I I was actually going to say, I was going to say to Mariana, if you want rules, give Patrick a call. (laughs) (laughs) Dot the I's, cross the T's. Rules for Patrick in games is like Sheldon with contract. Actually, we must remind him, Barry, about the rules that we've asked him to consider for the A's to K's race for 2022. We'll catch you later. Thank you for that. Good morning. We've got Ellen Morris on this morning, guys. He's kindly decided to come on the show and talk a little bit about the exciting announcement about Congress. Well, a little bit exciting, a little bit disappointing. Big decision you had to make, Ellen. Yeah, it was. I think it was inevitable when we went into lockdown. The likelihood of coming out of that quickly kind of dissipated as the days went by. And it was really confirmed yesterday afternoon when the Prime Minister said that Auckland would be in lockdown till at least the 14th of September. They'll make an announcement, I think, on Monday the 13th. But you're not going to go from four to one. And so we didn't have a choice. 
it's the second year, it gets you right in the guts. It really does. You think Carapero was so close last year. And we reached an early decision that if we could find an alternative day in the calendar, we would still like to proceed with the 2021 Congress. So we're doing what the Olympics did. We're going to hold it in 2022. We found a window in Tauranga after much toing and froing from the 10th to the 17th of February. It uh, coincides with two events, the South Island Pairs in Christchurch and the Bell Taylor in Auckland of the two major events. There are a number of 8B events as well. We've worked with those two clubs to reschedule their specific events to an alternate date, which means we can proceed, touch wood, that COVID kind of lets us have a free reign and that we don't face another lockdown in February. And then in September, October next year, we will have the 2022 Congress. So we'll have two. It's also outside that February 1 is just prior to the Gold Coast for those who might want to go to the Gold Coast if they're permitted to the Gold Coast and if the Gold Coast is still up and going. So we're hopeful that people will get behind it, enjoy it. We're very keen to see novice, junior, intermediates participate. We've tried to do that over the weekend to give them more freedom to come and give Congress a go, enjoy the excitement and you know the buzz. We've all been there and we've done it ourselves. And as you know, you make lifelong friends. And so it's a journey and we hope we can encourage more and more of what I'll call the next generation of bridge players to participate in Congress. Two Congresses in one year, wow. Yeah, I think the demand's there, at least I hope the demand's there. You will, Barry will, I will. It takes more than three of us to, to make it successful, but by and large, the early response has been very positive. Seven or eight months apart, Alan, not too close. Not too close. So you've got a concern from some people about the Gold Coast Congress being so close. Just wondering what, obviously, that, um, that's some concern, well, what, what effect that'll have. Well, we've been in touch with the Gold Coast as well and saying what we were doing because we didn't want such a major event in the, in the calendar in this part of the world. We didn't want to be seen to be usurping that in any way. It finishes on the 17th. It still gives an opportunity for those who want to go over to uh, the Gold Coast and participate. The event program is a little bit different this year in that we are starting with the teams, whereas historically we've started with the New Zealand pairs, and we will finish with the pairs. So people can still, if they so wish, participate in the Gold Coast. I mean, we're hopeful that they'll take the opportunity of playing the full event in New Zealand. They can leave on the 17th. They can be in the Gold Coast on the 17th. And the Gold Coast starts, I think, on the 19th of February. Now, we understand they'll make a decision in December, I think it is, as to whether that's going to proceed or not. Now, they've got a lot more logistics to worry about. It's a much bigger event, a very expensive event to run at the convention centre there. So they'll make a decision whether they're going to proceed or not. They've got as many challenges with their border as we have with ours. 
I do like the but, idea about the weekends for the novices, the juniors and the intermediates. You're right, that could be very enticing for them. Well, we hope so. And from within the region, from Auckland and from central districts, I would hope others might say, well, he, what's the reason for, for a holiday? The... I lost you, Barry. Uh, his question another was... Another connection problem. His question was, what was the reasoning behind holding the teams before the peers? It's just about the timing of the event and what would be normal qualifying periods and getting through the event as much as possible and scheduling the weekend with the junior and intermediates. Just a combination of things that makes the calendar work a little easier. I just asked your questions about teams versus peers, barriers, and making the calendar work a little bit better. See, you went off into the ether. The only time I've ever heard him be quiet. What do you mean by that, Alan? Sorry, but what makes the calendar work better? Well, I mean, between Richard and Murray, who are, you know, obviously Murray from a directing point of view and and Richard from the organisation point of view, I mean, just in terms of the flow of the events, we've got to change the Swiss pairs from a day and a half to one day, just to be able to slot everything in from a midweek to midweek with other things happening in the middle, being the, the junior novice and, and intermediate events. So we'll just try to make it work and flow a lot better. People always come up with brilliant ideas as soon as you decide something, Alan. I oh, see that somebody was, somebody was saying, why don't they cancel the interprovincials and hold it in November or whatever? I'm sure you looked at whatever dates you could look at. Were there any other dates on the table? There were problems with different dates? or We looked at a variety of dates. So we looked at an extension of the current September arrangement, but there are no guarantees that we would be out of lockdown. We did look briefly at the IP period, but equally the IPs are an important part of the calendar, and so you'd only have to reschedule that as well. We looked at early in January, but that coincides potentially with Canberra. We looked at over anniversary weekend, which impacts the Tauranga Mini Congress, and I have to say Tauranga Bridge Club were very supportive to trying to make this event happening. We were originally going to run from the 3rd of February through to about the 10th, but that didn't work for the event centre because they've got the Nitro Circus on over uh, Waitangi weekend where they get fourteen or 15,000 spectators. So in the end, you just try to find a window. And the further you go in the year, the harder it gets. Sounds to me like what you needed was a month in between December and January, Alan. You could have, uh, <laughs> could have called it the month of Morris, perhaps. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. November, December, Morris, January, February. That sounds okay. Whatever you do, it won't be convenient for somebody. You just got to kind of make a decision, live with it, hope that it works for the bulk of the people, majority and acknowledge that it might not work for some. That's all you can do. You will never please everybody all of the time. Well, this year there was that pop-up congress in New Plymouth. Was that going to be another event next year? That's still continuing. I mean, at one stage, (laughs) the options we looked at was actually splitting congress into two events and 
doing one in conjunction with Tauranga and one in conjunction with Taranaki. And the view was that, no, we would be better to keep it all together. If you look at what it's about and the fellowship and the competitive side, that we would keep it all together. We can't go any later without, I think, causing some angst or disquiet in terms of the Taranaki Congress, which is due to take place over five days in March. It's a balancing act. The Taranaki Congress at this stage still still going ahead, we hope. Absolutely. That's my understanding of their plans is that they proceeding accordingly and, and I hope they get all the support that they deserve. Well, all yeah, I can so they, say is I'm glad I'm not on that committee. What a nightmare. <laughs> they're not easy things to do in arranging things. But, look, I think on balance we've come up with a really good result. Otherwise, cancel it altogether rather than a postponement. And we've lost another year in the calendar for what is our national event. Brave move to try and to have two congresses in the same year. Really hope it works out. Um, <laughs> as far as Taranaki goes, going for their first ever sort of week-long congress and just throw COVID into the mix as well, just to make it a bit more interesting for them. That's the big challenge with these things. I mean, mid-August, we were all leading a relatively normal life in terms of our ledger activity. Okay, we couldn't travel overseas. and The bubble was there. You could go to Australia and that. And then all of a sudden, even though you suspect and you know that COVID was there and you know that the Delta variant was around the world, you kind of felt a little bulletproof. And then suddenly, 18th of August, we were all brought back to Earth. We had that one case in Devonport and look how it spread so rapidly. Oh, and when the hopes come February, March, firstly November for the IPs, thereafter in January, February, March, we are leading a an inverted commas relatively normal life and we can get on and do the thing in terms of the sport and leisure that we have and love that we'll be able to participate. We can't do this unless we're at level one. And whether the rules change on level two, whether the government changes the rules on level two, I don't know. But as far as running major events, particularly when we're over 100, we cannot do that. Yeah. Now, you know we ask the hard questions, Alan. Have you had your jab yet? I've had two jabs, mate. Oh, oh that's good. Thumbs up. Thumbs Funny up. No, we're all done. We were done. Must have been early August by the time we got our second jab, something like that. Got that my we're not travelling at all uh, to the Gold Coast. With, and I've been there a lot, as you know, and thoroughly enjoy the holiday. But our plan is we won't be going overseas this year or next year. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.